What a blessing. Wow. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us to this place. What a blessing. What an honor. What a grace and a privilege. We pray that as we are here, your Holy Spirit will lead and minister to us, bless us in a, in a special way and that we will all go from this place to do great works, exploits for your kingdom, for your name. Thank you for everyone who is here. Thank you for all the journeys we've been through that have brought us to this place at this time. I pray for every pastor, every church, every one of us, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will change our lives, bless us, anoint us, Thank you. Thank you for your blessing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I want to welcome you all to the very first mountain-like churches conference. Amen. This conference is the first conference that is being put forth by a new organization called the ADRCUD. Amen. The AD is affiliated denominations. RC is related and connected to the UD. UD is United Denominations of Churches, which um, many of us know what the UD is has different denominations in it. So, um, there are many people and many churches that are connected and are related. And this is the first time we are organizing. Uh, we formed, I formed the AD so that uh, we could relate and be connected as the Lord himself will allow and cause us to. Amen. The only thing that separates uh, us from house to house is our management. Our, our management of whatever we are doing. For instance, 
this church may decide to take two offerings. This church will decide to take two and a half offerings. This church may decide to start service at 7.30 and this one decides to start at 9.15. They are just different ways of managing the same thing, but the essential part is ministry and is the church that we are building. Hallelujah. Now, many times when you are related and um, connected, you, we, you, 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 you look for the opportunities to relate better and be connected more if possible. And so I decided to, first of all, form the organization, which is just a name, and then everybody who wants to can uh, be a part of it. So that is how come we are here this morning in Mampong. So you're all welcome. There are various reasons why we are not under the same, the identical name. Let's say everybody is Lighthouse. Because I believe that God doesn't even want that. You see, it cannot be. And um, one of the things that God doesn't take away from us is our free will. No matter how much God knows he allows from the time that he allowed Adam to do whatever he wanted to do he allows us to choose and I understand God because I don't want to even lead somebody who doesn't want me to lead him I I I, you know, one time when we had elections in Ghana, um, there was a big dispute. I don't know which election because nowadays there's disputes after elections. There was a big dispute. And I think I was with one of the candidates one time. And I asked him, do you want to lead people who half of them think that you didn't win the election? If I was you, I wouldn't like to be the leader. Because God does not want to lead people who do not want him to lead them. Not that he doesn't want them to be God. He doesn't want them to be God, but doesn't want to, to lead them, do this, do this, do this, do that. So, God allows us to freely manage our own affairs. And then he is God. And then it is a free will choice. Do you see? For whatever you do in relation to whoever. So, if your child freely and of his own accord knows how to say, how to bath, how to get ready for school, how to eat, when to eat, and how to study, it is far better 
than a child whom you have. Wake up. School is at 8 o'clock. Look at the time. Eat. Dress. Iron your teeth. Go to school. Get out of the house. No. You prefer your child to know. I have to go to school. I have to go here. I have to be there. That means that the child is mature. And God allows and wants us to mature. And all of us to know what is right. Now, everything in the ministry, in your church, tends towards division and separation. You know, everything. If you watch your church and the people that you are the leader of, you will see that they want to separate. The church wants to divide. The leadership wants to separate. Always, it is human nature. That's why, (laughs) that is why Ghana is separate from Togo. But even as we are separate from Togo, people in Ghana want to separate from Ghana. And every country has groups like that. Even in America, they are trying to separate Texas from the rest of America. If they get, they will separate. Because they often say that they were not part of America. And once again, people allowed to do whatever they want to do. If only you can get things right. That is, that is it. You see. So I believe that all of us here as independent autonomous churches are blessed with a great gift from God which is the gift to freely decide various things for yourself. The effect of it whether good, whether bad, it's, you know, you never blame anybody. Now, in our church, we have, in my little church, I have mostly lay pastors, I prefer. Because when I employ you, and later you see that you have not prospered in a certain way, before you realize, you are blaming me. Meanwhile, it's not my fault. You get what I'm saying? So I prefer mostly lay pastors. And I will encourage all of us to have mostly lay pastors. The reason why Redeemed Church has not broken up into small, small pieces is because most of the pastors are lay pastors. Yes. Most of the pastors of Redeemed Church are lay pastors. Yeah. That's why, because you'll be surprised to see a church which is based mostly with Nigerians, which is united, still very strong in hundred and about hundred and ninety countries, yeah, almost like the Catholic Church. But if you go inside, the inside of the church is lay pastors. Yes, and you see, when you are a lay pastor, you can't blame. Somebody for your situation. So I don't have a car. Nobody nobody did it for you. I don't have a house. 
I don't have bicycle. I don't have this. I don't have this. You see. So, the lay ministry is very, very important. But what the lay ministry does is that it gives you independence. And it gives everybody independence, which is something that God doesn't take away. Now, I'm not preaching. I'm just uh, discussing something with you. When I first first went to South Africa, when I first went to South Africa, I felt I, I was faced with something. I saw South Africa had developed. It looked like Holland. If you go to South Africa, when you arrive in South Africa with South African Airways, you arrive in the morning, and it looks like Holland. And also the language they speak sometimes Dutch, a bit of Dutch. So I felt I was in Holland because I was used to Amsterdam Airport. You know. So initially when I went there, I felt that South Africa was better off than Ghana initially. You see. Because they had developed infrastructure. Everything was fantastic. You can't compare with anywhere, anywhere in Africa. You see. Although I think Ghana is coming up now. But as time has gone by, uh, I think that Ghana is better off. Because, yes, because to take people's um, ability to lead themselves from them and to force them, do you see, to be, to force them has deprived them of something. You see. And today, most black South Africans blame the white man for their condition. Whereas we in Ghana, we don't blame uh, any white man for anything. I'm sure you have noticed, we don't mention a white person when, uh, when we have no light, doom, sword, this, there, anything. The white man doesn't come in at all. We blame the previous government. <laughs> Every government blames the last government. And the last government was not white people. It's ourselves, no. Yes. And even though Ghana has been through struggles from independence, they had more coups than anybody. You know, the struggle is, is like, the, the, it's, it's, uh, that's rather what's a human right. Not what they are saying nowadays, about human right, but that's rather a right. And the right to lead yourself and manage your, your life and it's something that God grants. Because I've always wondered that why would God put the two trees in the garden, put Adam and Eve there, knowing very well that they will pluck this thing and the whole world will go into disaster mode. Why didn't he, why you've created us, you put us there. Look at our condition. Look at our condition. You know? So, but it's like even though there's going to be a problem, God says, I will let you choose yourself and let you lead yourself. 
You should choose that you want me. You should choose independently that you need me. And then you should seek me. Yes. So, all those things are what it means to be an independent ministry. Is that you really now need to develop yourself. You see, like Ghana, we really need to develop ourselves in leadership, management. I mean, it's been since 1957. There's no road from Accra to Kumasi still. The two main cities in the country. The road is a very dangerous road. We have to decide and learn. And through various struggles, we are learning. But it's slow. Do you see? But we have to really emphasize on leadership, management, because we are actually a rich country. And I believe every one of us here is actually a rich person in the spirit, full of potential. But you have to really learn to manage your gift, yourself. It's what we call self-government. One time, Robert Sladen came to, he came to Ghana. I don't know if you've heard of Robert Sladen, uh, God's generals. So I was with him. I, I drove with him to Cape Coast. So once we were driving, I was, he, he, he was talking to me. I mean, I was talking, and he used a word, and that word has stayed with me. He said, you need self-government, not he was saying that when a ministry is on its own, it needs self-government. And not everybody is able to self-govern. Like I govern myself. Yes. And that's, that's it. Your life, you are self-governing your life. You are taking decisions. And you are moving. And, and that's the self-governing of your life is what will lead to either this or that. So everybody here, as, as part of the AD, we are affiliated you must realize that a great responsibility has come on you. A responsibility of self-government. And that your governing of yourself, your life, your calling, your gift, how you govern it, you'll be blamed or praised. You'll be blamed or praised for how you governed yourself and where your self-government led to. Now, the government of most African countries has led to difficulty. Yes. I mean, like I said, initially, I thought Ghana was worse off. Because I, I was thinking, of, oh, if they had continued colonialism to about at least 1990. Oh, like, you'll be shocked. I mean, it's not now that we're inaugurating Tamale Airport. The, the road from Accra to Kumasi would be three lanes going, three lanes coming with a side road. In South Africa, every highway, you see the main northern city is Polokwane. And uh, Johannesburg to Polokwane is the same like Accra to Kumasi. It's three lanes going this way, three lanes coming there. And then they have a road called R101. It's on the side that you can use a side road also to go to the same Kumasi. And then another side road. Now, our road, you see that one is coming like this, and one is coming like this. And then when the car passes, your car shakes like this. Because it means that you, you miss by about two inches. 
No, no, it's serious. Yeah. Self-governing. You know? So I thought that, oh, it would have been good. But I realized that what it has also developed in Ghanaians is the grace to not blame the white man. We don't blame any white man here at all. In fact, when we see them, we, are, we honor them. We, we want to go to their country. We realize that they are whatever. And I think that like you, you look at a South African situation now and you see it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. And I realize that something that was not granted them has affected them. One of my pastors just went missionaries. He just went to a town. He said as soon as he arrived in the town, he was just walking. He was surrounded by about a number of guys with knives. Yeah. I mean, they just straight away, whatever you have, you bring it now or you die. In daylight, it's not a, what do you call it? So, I, be, I believe that our self-government uh, it's a very great responsibility. So, turn to your neighboring neighbor and say, Mr. Head of State, welcome to sit by me. I'm happy to sit by you. And you are head of state in your own state. It's not a small responsibility. Yes. <laughs> you are the president of a state. Yes. And your state is your church, your ministry, your buildings, whatever you do, that is your state. You know? And your governing of it over the next few years reveals your wisdom, reveals your ability to govern. I have a new book called The Gift of Government. Yes, The Gift of Government. Yeah. So, when you have that gift, that book, it will um, it will also give some insight to the complicated job of government. Yes, government, self government. Amen. Now, I also want to say something about. Um, our independent churches. You know, when you are independent on your own, one of the things that history teaches us is that you have the potential to become a very, very, very great. If you take the Pentecost church, you see, the original church was apostolic church. And when there was a problem with James McEwan, you see, you know, he went to, to the hospital and he got some medicine. And in those days, they didn't believe in medicine. So for that thing, he was rejected for taking medicine. And most of us would have been sacked for that same reason. Do you know that most quarrels have a foolish reason. Uh, most quarrels have a foolish reason. 
later on you ask yourself that. So me at all, what was wrong? Yes. So the church which thou separated, do you see, was he, James McKeon stepped aside and started another church. And he, he, he used the name apostolic also. Is that not so? History people. And when he used the name apostolic, it was a big conflict. So even President Nkrumah had to get involved. And he was forced to change the name apostolic. So he chose another name, Pentecost. It is Pentecost that has become the big one and has become the great church that we see. So I'm just trying to explain to you that independent and autonomous church can become rather the main church. Yes. So you have a very great potential. Yes. In you. There's a potential to be very, very, very great. You know. So that's what I'm saying. It it will depend on how you manage and how you lead your gifts. Because the gift, it is there. But what will you do with your gifts? And how will you manage your life and your ministry? And so the management that James McKeown released to his gift led to the great church of Pentecost that we are all enjoying today, which now claim to be 10% of Ghanaians. Strong. Count your church and see what percentage it is of of Ghana. They they claim to be 10.9, almost 11% of Ghana is Pentecost. That is their claim. Yeah. Which, I mean, can change any election. Even 1% can change election. How much more 10%? So I'm saying this to say that there is a very great potential for every independent and autonomous church. First of all, there is a challenge that your your gift of government is challenged seriously. Whether you can do government, whether you can do leadership, it's going to be challenged severely. That is the main thing when you are on your own. Yeah. Even your decision to be here, it's, it's your decision. It's your government, how you think. It's, 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 your, it's your decision. Yeah. That's, that's, all those are the things you do when you are on your own. I took a decision to go to Korea. And I went from 1994. I was, I was there. I took a decision to be a part of the, the board. I paid whatever it was involved to be on that board. And I was there till the end. And, I, and, and I, I was there all the time. One time I went and I left early. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me that I should never, if, if there's a program, if he invites us to go, I should never go late or leave early. I will never forget that, that time. I fixed a program. So when I, you know, I know what they are going to do and all that. And it was like I should Go like a sheep, a humble sheep, and just sit there for seven days. I should sit there for seven days. It's something that God told me to do. That I shouldn't be proud or think that I'm busy. That that's the place that when I go, I just go and sit down there, whatever, whenever it's over, I go. 
Yeah. And now he's dead. There's nothing to go to anywhere. There's nowhere to go. It's over. Those were some of the decisions that I took as I was governing myself and I've been governing myself and leading myself. But those are things that you decide to do. I relate with Archbishop Duncan Williams. I've related with him since I was in second, um, secondary school. And I have n- never broken my relationship more 41 years. No. M- different things have happened that not, not everything has been exciting or good. But that relationship, it is a relationship that doesn't come under any whatever. It's a relationship that is there. Oh, yes. This is my decision. And when I took that decision, I told my wife and I told Bishop Saki, I said, look, we are relating with this person. And because you see, they, are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they were in law school. Law school was near Baden Powell. So on Tuesday, they used to go there to Baden Powell to church, which used to be where ICGC was. And I told them, you know, this is where I'm relating. We relate here. That's, that's it. Although they had a natural inclination this way, I said, you know, this is what, I've, this is what I've been doing. Okay. Yes, this is where we are. You have to be there. Yes, that's my decision. Because that's what I also knew from school. When I got born again, that's where I went to church. And I've never disconnected from that. Yes. Last week I was in his, of, his office from morning to evening. And he, he was, his, I'm doing something with him, for him. Yeah. He called me, I should come. I came. Yeah. 41 years. It's my decision. But it has taught everybody around me to take their time in relating. Because it's not something that I'm saying theoretically. You have to honor me, eh? I am the man of God here. Eh? I'm the pastor. No, I will tell you people something, you know, that I shared with my pastors some time ago. I told one time I met with the pastors, I said, do you know why your church members don't honor you? They don't honor you because you don't honor me. Yes, and I explained to them, I said that honor is not something you can teach people. Honor me, honor me. Honor is like what zebras, cows, Camels, all of them do. They just go first. And then the others follow. It's something you can't say well for people to understand. It's something you you do. Like, how does a lion lead the cubs? How does a zebra lead the other zebras? They don't say, hello, let's go, we are going left. There's nothing like that. They They just go. As they go, all of the others know that they are supposed to go this way. And that is how, when it comes to teaching about honor, when it comes to teaching about honor, it's not what you say with scriptures. It's what you do. And all the people see that that is what you are doing. That it is real. And they will all learn to honor that way. They will see you. So, I told my pastor said, so once I had a meeting, I said, that's why your church member, I, I, I asked him, is this person in your church? I, they were mentioned, top, top people are sitting in their churches. 
Nobody honors them. You see, it will be their birthday. It will be this. Not, people don't do anything. They just look at them. So, amen. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's good. It's nice you're having your birthday. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. God bless you for another year. So, they, 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 they realize it. Then, one of the one of the bishops, and he came, and uh, he honored me with his church and, and so on. Then, for the just a few, I mean, it started different testimony. One of them came to one day. He just came to me in the morning. And said, ah, when he woke up in the morning, there was a brand new Land Cruiser in his house. I said, Who? How? What is it? Land, land? I've never had a Land Cruiser. In my house before. He said, oh, one of my church members. My church members. He just woke up. He said, he wants to. He, he, it's, it's not yet your birthday. He said, your birthday is this year, but it does not yet reach your birthday. Before the birthday, I want to. Yeah. I want to honor you. Another one came and told me another story. He said, look, he met a lady who doesn't know him. She asked him a question. He met, he met at an Orthodox church. And she asked him a question. He said, are you whatever? He said, I feel like giving you $10,000 without any reason. He said, hey, what, what are all these testimonies? <laughs> so honor is not something that you teach. Respect and loyalty is also something you teach it, but the, the things that people see you do they follow. So you take the lead, then they see that this is how to behave. Yeah. That's all. They say, sit down. Some of the members don't sit down because you don't sit down. You don't sit down anywhere. It's true. You don't sit anywhere. They don't listen to anybody. Nobody can call you. Nobody can tell you anything. Nobody can correct you. So nobody can correct them too. You ha- your church will be full of people that cannot be corrected. Hey. It's true. It's, it's wonderful. So, in your governing your church, all these things, they are all your decisions as a government. Let's take our current government. They, they're taking a decision to do one district, one factory. Uh, what? Three SHS. National Cathedral. Digitization. It's their decision. That's their decision. That's it. Another one comes and says he's doing chicken farms. Another one is going to do, I don't know, everybody has his own decision. And that decision is a revelation of your government. Amen. So it is a good thing that we are all here. And I believe that this short time that we have together will help us to be well connected, well developed, and it's also part of your master wisdom. I wrote a new book called Wisdom is the Principal Thing for Your Ministry. Yes. It's coming out very soon. Wisdom is the principal thing for your ministry. Yes. 
Wisdom is the principal thing for your ministry. Yeah. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's not just the principal thing, but it's the principal thing for your ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So my prayer is that this uh, season that we are here, you know, we develop um, relationships. Now, one day I saw somebody with um, a big arm and a small arm. One of the arms was smaller. You see. Now, the arm was withered. You see. Now, what is the reason why that arm was withered? And it's because the connection between the arm and the body had been affected by something. Either by an injury or by a disease that sometimes narrows certain things. And so things don't flow there. Either the nerves or the blood vessels or something is not flowing. So the arm is smaller. Now, whenever a connection is affected. You get it? The flow is not good to that place. And the Bible says that we are joined together by what every joint supplies. Every joint supplies something to your life and your ministry. And even in traffic today, when the joint is not good, cars pile up and you see that things don't flow the way they ought to flow. Yes. Look at the scripture. It says every joint supplies from whom the whole body fitly joined together. So we are, we are supposed to be joined together. The whole body, not part of the body. All the body is supposed to be joined together. I'm supposed to be joined with you. You are supposed to be joined with me. And compacted, not only joined, but compacted. In, in construction, we have a compactor or compacting machine. It compacts things. That even though we are together, we should be sort of closer. Compacting is also an important aspect of ministry. Compacted. My scripture, please. All right? Together, compacted by that which every joint supplier. All right? So every joint supplies something. Now, usually it is death that shows you what every joint has supplied. If I was dead now, you would list 31 things that I have supplied to your life. You would be shocked. Yes. You would, you would just be listing them. One pastor, I don't know if he's here now, but he came to see me this week. He was in our church, but he left and he's relating. I'm sure he may be around. He said to me, 31 years I've been in the church. He said, look, for 31 years you gave me a job. Not, not a full time. I said, lay pastor. He said, you taught me how to be a lay pastor. I've worked and down my church. And as I'm doing my church now, 
It is the same lay job I'm doing. How much is the offering? I'm doing, I learned it from you. And many jobs in the church you gave to me. He said, you have not done anything back to me. What I'm saying is that death helps to reveal what has been supplied to you. If I was dead and my coffin was here and you were sitting here, you would be thinking about so many things. Saying, I remember this. I remember this. I remember that. This. I learned this. I learned this this way. That's what happened to me when Yongicho died. I I can tell you so many things. I never knew what all these things were. The first ever time I ever attended a board meeting was because of Yongicho. I didn't know what is a board meeting. Yeah. I remember the first day I went. I mean, he introduced me to so many things, including playing golf. It's because of him that I played golf. When I heard him say that he plays golf, and I heard him say something that his Japanese doctor told him, I decided also to play. Just learn how to play. I didn't know what I, people ask me. Do your, your father play golf? My father, I've never, my father never played golf. I don't know. Never. Never had even golf clubs. But I learned many things. So joints are suppliers. Joint is like it's, it's, it's connecting at that point, and it brings supplies. Now the scripture also says, working according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body. You see, this joining brings increase. I cannot say that I have not increased by being connected to whoever God connected me to. I cannot say that. It has made me increase. Look at the word. It maketh increase of the body. Maketh increase of the body. It brings the increase we desire, the increase we need is often connected to the joint. Yes. Yes, it's connected to the joint. Increase is related directly to joints and what they supply. That's why I said that the man with the arm that was smaller than the other arm has had a problem with the joint. Although the joint was still there, if the joint was not there at all, the arm would have come off. But the joint was still there, but the joint is affected. The joint is not flowing properly. Yeah, the joint is not flowing properly. But it's affected, so the supply, the blood, the nerves, whatever it is, is different. Maketh increase. Increases your attendance. Increases your income. Increases your respect. Increases the honor on your ministry. Increases the glory on your ministry. Yes. The joint causes that. One day I I received an invitation to Paris. I have have not been to Paris before. I received an invitation to Paris. To preach in Paris. By a white man. With. He had the biggest church. In Paris. White man with white people, black people as well. 
So once again, when I got there, I, I asked him, I was thinking, you know, ah, you read my book, isn't it? He said, no, I have not seen your book before. <laughs> wow. That's how you listen to my message. So no, I've never heard you preaching before. Oh, you've seen my church, so you invited. I don't know your church. I don't know anything about your church. So why did you invite me? He said, I invited you. I found you because I saw a video, a video of Yongicho. And you were standing on the stage with him. I don't know whether you are an interpreter. I said, oh, man, I'm not an interpreter. I said, well, I don't, I said, I don't know what you were doing. But you were on the stage with him. And I said that if you are standing on this stage with this person, I'm inviting you to my church. Yes. I will not lie to you. I will not lie to you. Yeah. He just said, I saw me. He said, I asked, Are you an interpreter? I said, I'm not an interpreter. I don't know any other language. And I cannot interpret Korean. <laughs> he said, I just saw that you were on the stage. And that is why I invited you. Yes. And when I was leaving, he blessed me. And of course, for security reasons, I cannot tell you. <laughs> I wish I could say everything. But what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that the the joint, the joint, do you see, that is connect, connecting you to things, causes some supplies to come to you, which what? Make it increase. That's the scripture that I'm trying to, it make it increase. In various ways, it make it increase of the body. Of the body. The body increases by its connections. So you see that people who don't know this scripture and understand the reality of how the body is fitly joined together and even compacted, which is like pressed to be closer. And I believe that this conference is trying to do what? Compact us. Yes. Compact us. So that through the compaction, there will be an, inc- an increase will be made to our lives and our ministries. Yes. Yes. And I don't know how. You, you don't know how to. But that, this principle, you have to know it. Yes. I have always been associated with uh, Archbishop. Duncan Williams. And there are times that people ask, why this, do this, do this? I said, no, leave it to leave my association. Leave my association and my connection. Yes. Leave my joint. Don't stand tamper with my joint. Don't tamper with my joint. I beg you. It's my decision. And I believe it's a spiritual decision. Yes. Leave my joint. And let me just be with my joint. Yes. Yes. And I believe that through this joint, great increase are coming. 
Amen. So you are all welcome to the AD conference, the mountain-like churches. And the reason why I am giving it this name is because, and this is the name of the conference. It's not the theme. It's not the theme for this year. It's the, it's the name. So when you hear mountain-like churches, it's on. It means it's AD conference. Now, Why? Because I believe in God that your church will be a mountain-like church. Hallelujah. Are you excited about the mountain-like churches? Yes. I'm believing God with you that your church is going to be a mountain-like church. Amen and amen and amen and amen. You may be seated for a moment. Isaiah chapter 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it and many people shall go and say come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem Amen now you notice the word mountain is mentioned over and over and over in relation to the church And in relation to the house of the Lord, it says the mountain of the Lord's house. Mountain of the Lord's house. In other words, the Lord's house is a mountain. It it means the church is a mountain. The Lord's house is the church. Look at the scripture so that you don't get confused. The mountain of the Lord's house. The Lord's house is the church. So, you can change it to the mountain of the church. Do you see? So, in other words, the church is a mountain. Yeah, the church is a mountain. Okay? And it shall be established in the top of the mountains. That is, it will be one of the biggest mountains. So, although there are mountains, there's the top of the mountains. So, it will be one of the biggest things. The biggest mountains in in the world. And shall be exalted above all the hills. All small, 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 small little hills and small, small mini mountains will be below it. Yes. And then in verse 3, it says, And many people, not a few, many people shall go 
and say, Come and let us go to what? To the mountain of the Lord. In other words, another mountain is like, it's a mountain. The main feature is the greatness of the mountain of the church. That's why we are calling it mountain-like churches. Mountain-like churches. Amen. And in the last days, this beautiful scripture will be there. It says, and it shall be all nations. Many people shall come and flow unto it. And they will say, let's go to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Amen. Now, you are here receiving in your spirit a grace to have a mountain-like church. Yes. This is the season and the era of mountain-like churches. Yes. This is the season and the era of mountain-like churches. Yes. Your church will be like a mountain. Yes. And no one will be able to ignore the mountain. That is one of the main characteristics of a mountain-like church. You can't ignore it. Even when you want to say, I don't see you, you see that you are seeing me. (laughs) You can't ignore it. Even if you don't like it. You can't ignore it. Yes. You may not be people's favorite person, but because of the mountain-like church, you cannot be ignored or put aside. Yes. Sit down, please, for a moment. Hey. Your church is going to be like a mountain. A mountain. You know, for those of you who have never been to a mountain, because of only this verse, I want you to go to a mountain somewhere in your lifetime. You must visit a mountain. I've had the privilege of visiting a few mountains in Switzerland. When I was a child, I was taken to a mountain. But I don't think I appreciated it till when I grew up and I went to a mountain. As we were going up the mountain, there were plaques. When the cable car goes, there will be a plaque. This is the first person to come here in the world. It was, it was, this height was attained by this person in 17 whatever. He was able to climb here. And this is the first person who was able to go. I mean, it's, it's, it's something you cannot ignore. It's something that forms an awesome attraction. People are attracted to mountains. Your church will be very attractive. People, people will be attracted. There will be something about this church. And they will want to come to your church. Because there will be something about it. That's how mountains are. Yeah. Mountains, mountain-like churches are churches that are very attractive. 
often in the news, you see people, thank you, Jesus, you see people going to mountains. Yes. They are attracted to it. People go for holidays. People go, they climb. When I went, I was on a holiday. I climbed all the way up. Yeah. All the way to the top. <laughs> just to stand there, say, I've been there. There are people who come to your church just to say, I, 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 was, I, was, I was at the church. I was there. I was there. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> One day, my little sister went to um, Oklahoma. Tulsa, my little sister. And she went to Benny Hinn's church. Not Oklahoma, um, Orlando. And she went to Benny Hinn's church. She said, I'm, I am there. I am there. <laughs> That's how your church will be. People will say, I am there. I am finally there. I'm there. I'm standing there. I'm standing there. I'm there. I'm there. Mataka Satura Bada Shandala Mandala Bada. Taramasoka Tabara Yes. Mountain like churches. Mountain like churches. Mountain like churches. Attractive churches. Attractive churches. Attractive churches. Attractive churches. Churches you cannot ignore. Churches you cannot set aside. Even when you don't like them, you can't set them aside. If you don't like Pentecost, you can't set it aside. It is there. It is there. It is there. It is there. You may not like them, but they are there. <laughs> Mountain light churches. Mountain light churches are number three. Number one, you cannot ignore. Number two, it's a source of attraction. Number three, Mountain-like churches, they are churches that is difficult to attain, to achieve, yeah, to cross. Difficult, yeah. It's, it's, it's nice to hear of it, but it's not easy, yeah. To climb a mountain. Honestly, when I went there, I decided that I'll never climb a mountain <laughs> in, my, in my natural life. Because I don't see why I should suffer so much. And to attain to a mountain-like church, you are going to need to suffer many things. Yes. Yeah, many things. <laughs> to attain to a mountain like church. Because it's not easy to get to the top of a mountain. Number four, it is risky. Many people die attempting to build a mountain like church. Yes. It's very risky. Because there are many dangers. That's why the song said, through many dangers, toils, and snares have we already come. There are many risks. Number five, poverty does not affect the creation of a mountain-like church. 
Yes. You see, poverty doesn't affect a mountain. Doesn't take away its attraction. Doesn't take away its greatness. Because Mount, um, what is this mountain called? The highest mount, Everest. If you go through the Himalayas, it's one of the poorest places in the whole world. Yeah. I mean, the people that live around the mountain, do you see? I mean, they don't have schools. They don't have anything. Yet the whole world is always going there. Yes. The whole world is always going to Mount Everest. White people have been going there for years trying to climb this mountain. So, the poverty of the place has not in any way limited or destroyed the creation of the mountain. So I don't know which situation you are coming from, whether maybe there's no money, there's no this, there's no that, there's no whatever. But the lack of money and the poverty has not, does not detract or take away from the mountain. I've been to a mountain where everybody there was rich, like Switzerland. But a place that I am hoping to one day go is Everest, if it's possible in my life. But if not, the mountains in heaven, I'm sure, are even higher. Yeah. Nepal, yes. There's a particular city, not Kathmandu. There's another one that is near. Huh? Pokora, yeah. Yeah. Being poor doesn't make... In fact, rather you find them more. There. It doesn't do anything. If, if God has decided to build a mountain-like church, money will not be the issue. Then, the next thing about a mountain-like church is that you need excellent leadership and teamwork. Now, it takes about 300 people for one man to climb a mountain. Yes. The 300 people will gradually, they will carry the luggage with you, the oxygen, the food, the supplies, the tents, and they keep going. 300 will become 200, 200 will become 100, and then 50, then 5, then to the last group. And then the the last group climbs. So it, it takes teamwork. That it is one of the only things that one person cannot do alone. A mountain-like church will be created by a pastor with many other people working. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you don't know how to lead people and let people stay with you and people continue with you loyally, faithfully, you can't have a whatever church because it is the only job that you need to climb. You start with three or two hundred people and I, I, was, I was honestly so surprised that this are the numbers. That's why it costs a lot. If you Google how much does it cost to climb Mount Everest, you will see to come up with some, so many thousand dollars. You have to hire all these people and climb some expedition. Wow. Yeah. You, you can't just go. So I'm, I, 
I am going to climb. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. And he said, you need a team. You need leadership. You need teamwork. And so if you, if you can't organize people and lead people and keep them together and, and teach them not to forget, not to be dangerous sons, not to leave, not to do the... When they leave you on the way, you can't continue. <laughs> oh, yes. If they leave you on the way, you will not attain to that great height because they are carrying your oxygen. They are carrying your food and they are carrying your tent where you sleep. But there's no house. You sleep in, the, yeah, there's no house there. And the winds and the danger. You know, they also put the tent and you, you can be in the tent and it saves you. So, your leadership and your teamwork, and that's where these books become important. Those who, loyalty and disloyalty. Because it naturally, everybody is disloyal. Naturally, without, if you don't even pray for them, if you don't, you are just dead or they will leave you. They will pretend, they will forget. They become proud. When they see you preaching a few times, when you come and you open your Bible, they say, oh, I know. If it's not Abraham, it will be Lot. Or if it's not Abraham, it will be Jacob. Today he's preaching about Jacob. I know his messages. His messages are one way. One of you is a devil. For sure. Devils will arise in the midst of the church. On your way to the mountain. Those who are dangerous sons, they can be your sons. But so supposing you are going up the mountain and then you have some people who are ignorant about their role and they start to say, monkey, they work, baboon, they chop. We, we are the ones going to work. <laughs> Carry your oxygen, you will take the glory. When they are mentioning the name of who has climbed Mount Everest, our name will never be mentioned. We did all the hard work. We carried this work. Monkey the work, baboon the chop. It cannot be anymore. What about those who pretend? He's pretending to be one of the, they call them shepherds. A shepherd, the ones who carry the bags up on the Mount Everest. You are pretending. Actually, you are not. You are a businessman from London. Hey. So when we get to a point, say, hey, may I, I don't know how to carry this bag. And he was pretending. And then let's say uh, 10 of them have, were pretending. Hey. It, it will affect you. <laughs> Dangerous sons. Your family members who are part of your team. You know? Promise to help. Promise to help finance you. The last moment they say, hey, you know, we have other things. <laughs> One of you is a devil. Can you imagine if you have a devil carrying your oxygen? What about, what about, what about if he puts some medicine into the oxygen? What about if he puts some medicine into the, the, the food? Yeah. Or it turns off the oxygen. Wow. No, this is serious. 
and those who are proud. Supposing some of them become proud and say, I've been doing this work for 25 years. You can't talk to me like that. You can't speak in that way. I don't take whatever. How old are you? I'm older than you. You can't speak to me like that. You're the one climbing the mountain, but I'm older than you. I've been here for 25 years. Wow. And then now, he's very proud and he says he's, he's leaving. He just get up and says, I resign from your organization. And then he just get up and walk out. Huh? Oh? That's why you, you, will not, you will not reach the mountain. And that's why people don't know that unless you actually fight these things, do you see, you, there are certain things you will not attain to. Today we have churches in Mozambique, like stretching from the south to the north, different cathedrals, at least seven cities. In Zambia, the same. In Nigeria, the same. In Togo, different cities. Atakbame, Palime, Togo. What is that place called? The one outside Palome. No, no, where are Alfred is? Chevier. Chevier. Chevier, Kara, Palime, Atakpame, Kara. In Benin, we have churches. In Parakuo, in uh, Benin, in Porto Novo, in Cotonou. Different. It's a mountain. These are the churches here. You can see the pictures. This is Mozambique from all over. Show quickly. Different churches. Move. Change it. Yeah. This is another church, Shashai. It's called Shashai. Mozambique. This is Tete, Mozambique. Do you have more pictures to show? Or it's only these two? This is Tete, Nyambani. This is a Bible. He, he came from this Bible school. He's the one who built this church. Nampula is the north. Nampula, north, 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 north of Mozambique. Beira. That's where the storm came. The, the, the typhoon. This is Maputo. This is the headquarters. And this is Alpha and Omega. They are just, these are churches. You cannot get, if these people suddenly said that they are whatever, you cannot get to this mountain. No. No. No, you cannot get to the mountain. And that is where the importance of, that's where the importance of the team Two to three hundred people helping only one person to get to the top. And his is the only name that will be mentioned. Although a lot of people helped, his name is the one. You can't mention three hundred people's name. And also, that's the reality. He's the one who went there. He's the one who led the thing to go there. Yes. (laughs) And the vision, he had the vision, he had you have to accept it. Yeah. And then, finally, mountain-like churches to attain, you are going to need money. Even though poverty will not affect it, money is important because I think the cost to climb the mountain is about $100,000. You need a cool 100000 US dollars to climb Mount Everest. Yes, for one person to climb coolly. Yes. So mountain-like churches is a great vision. 
And I believe your church is going to be a mountain-like church. Amen. Supposing you are climbing the mountain and the person starts to accuse you. Starts to accuse you. Wildly. I know this guy is going to kill us all on the way. And he will come and say that we fell into the river. We fell into the whatever. I said, what are you saying? So yeah, I know him. I know I heard that he has a plan. To, he's going to shoot us and then bury us under the ice. This is a very wicked man. I hear this and that. I said, oh, what are you saying? What are you saying? How can you create something like this? What you are saying is not to say, oh no, I know him. He will strangle, strangulate, whatever. He's a soldier. He's work at, uh, what do you call it? Israeli uh, uh, defense forces. Yes. He's work here, he's work here. It's a plan. They'll poison everybody. Then they'll come and say that 17 people died. What are you saying? But he started the stories. And you can't control the stories. Yes. Those are those who accuse you. Before you realize, you say, hey, they'll kill us. Oh, yeah. They kill usually at this place. What? That's the next stop. Charlie, no. Let's go back. Let's leave. Let's leave. Let's leave. We'll not climb any mountain again. <laughs> and before you realize, they've left you. The main people, they're not loyal. And then loyalty, grumbling and murmuring undertone, complaining behind your back. When you are not there, talking, 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 talking. How can you accomplish the things God wants you to accomplish with such people? You cannot. Now, I'll tell you the highest type of loyalty. You know, one day somebody accused me and said that my church is like a cult. As you see, is a way of speaking. My church is not a cult. My church is like a family. Wow. You see, a cult, you cannot leave for a bad reason. And then that leader may kill you or whatever. But a family, you do not leave. Not easily leave. Not easily leave. And you can't say your family is a cult. Can you say your family is a cult? No. Our church is like a family. When Jesus related with his disciples, he turned to them and asked them, who is my mother? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? Look at it. Who is my mother? Who is my mother? Who are my brethren? His mother was outside. They were coming to tell you, your mother is looking for you. He said, who is my mother? My real mother. My real brother. My real sisters. And those who hear the word of God and keep it, which is those who are obeying and following him. Can you please put the scripture without me asking you, please? All right? Without me asking you, please. For whosoever shall do the will, the same is my mother, my brother, and my sister, and my mother. So he formed a new family based on his spiritual rules. Based on whatever, he formed a new family. And that family, he was even saying, 
was even higher than his biological family. So when you create a ministry, where you get create people who become your family, and they even become almost more than your biological family, then you have a family, and that family is difficult to leave, because it's difficult to leave. I cannot leave my Heward Mills family. Recently, I even attended a, a funeral of uh, Heward Mills uh, auntie of mine. Although when I went, I didn't know anybody, but she was uh, Heward Mills. You get what I'm trying to say? I didn't know anybody there. I said, family, what you do? How you, I, I, no matter what, I am still part of a Heward Mills family. Yes. It's my family. Yes. And so, when you create, when you do your ministry, you, you can either have your ministry like an army, it can be like a, a job, employment, it can be like a family. When, you, when your, fam, your church is like a family, it's difficult for people to leave. And they become loyal naturally. They, 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 stay, they don't need teachings, although they will hear all these teachings about loyalty and so on, it just buttresses something that is there naturally. And that is why anytime somebody leaves, it is always heart-wrenching. There's something about it. Because it's like, oh, a family is breaking up, which is a very strange thing. Yes, very strange thing. Because it's like you know the people as a family. Yes. And for me, in my ministry, most of the people that have worked with me over the years, my pastors, my bishops, the leaders, men, women, they are family members. Oh, yes, they are family members. They have been family for years. So whatever issues, whatever, it's, it's, it's difficult to leave. Not that somebody has told you not to leave, but a family is a family. Yes. So that is actually what has been created. And these teachings have not really created a family. The teachings have helped us to cure madness. Do you see? Have helped us to cure madness. But something else has also created a family. So I would advise you to create a family. Use your leadership to make your church a family. And the, the more the church experiences the love of God, forgiveness, and ability to stay together as a family the more you experience loyalty naturally and these loyalty teachings help you to correct or to treat or to prevent stupidity and madness. One time, Archbishop Duncan William called me to help him to do something in his church. And I met with them. They were asking me, I met with some of their bishops. I said, this is my family. This is where I came to church first when I got, became a Christian. Yeah. That's, uh, that's also what I know. It's, a, it's, it's what I've known for that. When I was in second school, Archbishop laid hands on me and prayed for me. To, uh, I was confused whether the tongues I was speaking were tongues or not tongues. When I was a child, I said, I don't know. I don't have faith. He put his hand on my head. And then the doubt went away. That's all. I was a student in school. I've kept the relationship. I don't see why. There is no pastor that can say that I've quarreled with him. No. Even people that rebel and so on, I always reach out to them. I say, oh, come. There's no, there's no need for quarreling. Yes. There's nothing like that. There's no need for such things. Yeah. So, 
family ministry. Not your biological family. You see, it is an art, a very special art and grace to make people that are not your biologically related brethren make the person your family. It's a special grace. I've never really talked about how to do that. But that is actually what has happened in our church across the world. Across the world. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's a family. So it's not that oh, they, they are afraid of a curse. They are afraid of disloyalty. Or they are afraid of this. It's like you rather know that this is your home. This is your family. Yeah. Well, even if there is a problem or there is something bad has happened. It's still your family. Uh, your family. Are there no bad things in your family? I want to ask you whether there are no bad. Are there not women who don't marry men who are divorcing, quarrels, doing bad things in your family? We smokers, everything. In your own, with your homosexual, you, in your own name. So, what is it? Do you leave them? You don't leave anybody. <laughs> I'm robbers. Everything, they are all in your family. And you know them. Have you changed their names? Well, it's your family. So, Create a family, it's difficult to stab and kill your own family member. It's difficult to do that. Yes, although it happens, but it is not so common. That's what we call a transgression. You know, we have three types of sins sins, iniquities, and transgressions. Yes, three types of sins sins, iniquities, and transgressions. In Exodus 33, uh, where he says, the Lord forgives the sins of the children to the third and the fourth generation. All right? Um, Exodus 33, or 34, verse 6 and 7, yes? Put it up, please. You see, the three types of sins are mentioned. Hmm? Yeah, the Lord is gracious, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. He forgives iniquity and transgression and sin. Yes, and that he will by no means clear the guilty. So you see, God forgives three things. Each one is a different word in Hebrew. He forgives you sins. He forgives you iniquities. And he forgives you transgressions. Now, sin is the usual sin. You've done something wrong. Iniquity is from the word perversion or twisted. Like it's something that you are you have a tendency to do. Do you see? Like some people have a tendency to be loyal. And some people also have a tendency to be disloyal. Oh, yes. You know, one time I met one Orangu and um, somebody said that, oh, this guy, since secondary school, 
is always in the center of every controversy. And not as something that started today, like on issues. That's an iniquity. It's like a car. Have you seen sometimes if you leave the steering wheel, it goes left. Uh-huh. So it's like there's a tendency to go this way. And some of you, you have a tendency to fornicate. Like if we leave you, no, you sleep with somebody. Yes. Yes. If you are left small, you sleep with somebody. It, it's going that way. As soon as, if you just relax a little. And some of you, you even chase people's wives. That is, you know. There was once, uh, I think he was a lecturer. You know, he was not married. And they asked him, why is he not going to marry? So I sleep with people's wives. I cannot marry. I only sleep with people's wives. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I only sleep with people's wives. So I cannot marry. Yes. It's an orientation. Then transgression, it comes from the word transgress. It, mean, it comes from the word expansion or crossing of borders, crossing of limits. A transgression is when you cross a certain line. Yes. You know, sometimes you see that you've never done something, but now you've crossed. You know? Yes. You've you've crossed a certain line. And so you see that. I mean, maybe you you were murmuring or you were complaining. There may be a time when you take your mother's wig and slap her. And you see that now you have, you have, it's like your, your things have gone beyond. Yes. If cross, it's like an expansion. You know? Or you take your father outside and beat him outside. That's a new territory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was in a church when one of my church members came to tell me, he and his brother, you know, they, 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 just, they didn't like his father, their father. And they, they would even fight with him. Yes. And one day, he took a cutlass to chase his father. And the father escaped. He died about three weeks later. He died. They in my church children. He was dead. It's an expansion. <laughs> it's an expansion of sin. You've crossed a certain line. You are chasing your father with a cutlass. It's, it's too much. Yes. 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 So these are the three types of sins. I don't know how I got into that. I was telling you something, but it's also important. Yeah. 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 Yes. So, your family transgression, families, you. Yes, when you build a family, yeah. When we build a family, we are building a family. And so you must learn family how to do it. I don't know how, I can't, I've not thought about it. Maybe I should write a book one day how to make a family. 
But actually, that is probably what the loyalty is, is to create a family. When you create a family, you have created an inner, innate, almost genetic loyalty. Yes. People can't leave you in that sense. So then, your team stays with you to help you to climb the mountain. Is it fantastic? So, brothers and sisters, you are all welcome to the Mountain Like Church Conference. Amen. And I believe that we are going to be blessed in this short season. Let's all stand to our feet and uh, share a word of prayer. Every standing, give thanks to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For mountain-like churches. For mountain-like churches. For mountain-like churches. For mountain-like churches. Mountain-like churches. That are families. That are families. That are families. That are families. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. The grace. The grace. The grace. For mountain-like churches. The grace for mountain-like churches. The grace for mountain-like churches. The grace for mountain-like churches. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Raka ma karimone. Ila bahaya. Lepere bobobo korimozi bahaka mani bahaya. Elende zima halene. Eleba haba. Ila baba. Churches that are great. Churches that you cannot ignore. Churches that are attractive. In the name of Jesus. Churches that poverty will not prevail. In the name of Jesus. Churches that stand out of God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for the connection. Thank you for the compassion of God. The joining together. Bringing growth to the body. The joining together. That brings growth to the body. The joining together. That brings increased love. That brings increased love. Thank you. This is what we are doing, oh God. In our midst, we are grateful. 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 For mountain like churches, we are grateful. For mountain like churches, we are grateful. For the mountain like churches, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For the team, the teams, and the leadership of God that you provide, loyal leadership, loyal team of God, in the name of Jesus, Rabili Mahaya, Epale Mokopoli Mahaya, Aranderele, Shibaba, Maka, Maria, Dari Mahali, Ulumakamaka, Dari Mahandara, Randara, Namaka, Lumasibaya, Eleba Baba. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, my God, for churches that are like families. That are like families. That are like families. That are like families. 
receive from you today the grace to build mountain like churches in the last days the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus name Amen